0: Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week we have something a little different for you. I say we, it's just me in here. I'm flying solo this week. Uh, Victor and I, it's just been a crazy time. We couldn't get our schedules together to both be in here. But that being said, we both felt like we wanted to put something out. You know, there needed to be something come out during Holy Week to help you guys enter in more profoundly to Holy Week. Not only you, but us as well. And so this is my attempt at that. It's going to be a little bit different today. I'll miss my buddy and wish I was sitting here looking at him, having a conversation. But I'm going to do my best to try to enter into Holy Week with you. This episode's coming out, you know, here on this Tuesday of Holy Week. And here we are on the threshold, guys. We're on the threshold of our Lord's passion and of the most sacred time in the church, right? This week is the most sacred week in all of the liturgical season of the church. And so... You know, I wanted to not let it go by without putting something out. Because honestly, guys, it's such a joy to journey with you each and every week. But it's especially a joy to journey with you through Lent to try to help us all, including ourselves. I mean, Victor and I are most of the time, as we've said before, preaching to ourselves each and every week as much as we are to you. So it's awesome to to try to come together in that Lenten journey every year and and make sure that we're all trying to focus on what's important. And so I look back over that this morning and was just smiling as I looked at the, where the Lord took the episodes this year and took us on journeys. And I look back at a lot of what you guys shared feedback-wise. And, you know, so many of you had shared that you've had a powerful Lent and that it's just helped you in so many different ways. And so praise God for that. He's the one doing all the work. But looking back over that, it allowed me to look at the titles and say, you know, wow, the first week was was Lent, you know, just let go. And hopefully we all were able to do that, to let go of the excuses and the reasons not to enter into Lent and that we've had one of the most powerful Lents we've ever had. I hope that's the case for you. If not, you still have this last week to enter into it. You know, the second week we talked about uh, obedience as the true pathway to true freedom. And we're going to see that, guys. In a couple of days, we're going to enter into the Holy Tritium and we're going to be talking about um, Jesus' passion and and as he marches through all of his sufferings to the cross and then to his eventual uh, to the tomb and then to his eventual resurrection, and how it's through his full obedience to to, to God the Father that we find true freedom. That we lost that through the disobedience uh, of Adam, but now Christ restores it through his full obedience to the Father's will. Then we talked about why is it so hard to keep our Lenten observ- Lenten observances? And guys, I mean, let's be real; it is tough during Lent. You know, you give up things, especially if you give up things that you've been struggling with that are hard for you to let go of. It can be really hard. And, you know, maybe right now you've had your head down for forever, you know, gri- gripping the steering wheel of your life and just try to white knuckle and try to get through the rest of Lent. Hopefully that's not the case that you're, you've got, you're working hard to keep those promises, but you're not just trying to get out of Lent to get back to them. You know, um, the week after that, we talked about our brokenness, my brokenness, Victor's brokenness, all of our brokenness. And how it's, it, we need, it's time to move forward and to move out of that, that the Lord is doing everything he's going to do in these next few days because he doesn't care that you're broken. It doesn't disqualify you. He cares you're broken, but it doesn't disqualify you from anything that he's doing or from his love. And he goes to great lengths this week to show us all that. And then finally, last week, we talked about rolling away the stone. You know, and the stone being those things that we place between Jesus and us, between our head and our heart that keeps our faith from becoming real and his love from us becoming from becoming real in our life. And how Jesus rolled that stone away for Lazarus in his life to let him come out and help him become unbound from those things in life, sin and death and all those things. And how he wishes to do those things for us now. And he's doing it this week by going to his passion on the cross. So guys, that brings us to where we are now. And as I said a minute ago, you may be sitting there just kind of looking down and gritting and grinding as to take a phrase from the Memphis Grizzlies, my favorite NBA team, gritting and grinding through through uh, Lent, just trying to power your way through it. And guys, it's great to try to do everything you can to keep those observances, but we can't be caught with our head down this week. Right? And so this episode's called Holy Week, it's time to look up. As I told you, I was going through Father John Burn's book, um The Return, which is a Lenten journal and in uh, meditation and prayer book. And guys, it was phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make another one for next year, but I sure hope he does. Because I've read those kind of things before, but I've never actually taken the time to journal. And I took a journal somebody gave me and literally every day answered all the questions and all that. Man, it was awesome. It kept me focused and just gave me some profound insights into my own life and into my own Lenten journey and where I needed work and all of those things and what Christ was trying to do in my heart. And so last Tuesday, a week ago, I was reading it. And it was on the readings with Moses and the Israelites. Uh, in the first reading, it was about them griping about the food that God had been giving. And if, if you remember correctly, before that, the Israelites were griping because they were wandering on the desert and they didn't have anything to eat. And they lamented about going back to Egypt, and at least we had meat and food and wine and all those things. And so the Lord started, you know, giving them food. Every morning there would be bread from heaven on the ground. The dew was changed to the manna, the bread from heaven. Sometimes he would allow quail to fall from the sky and they would have meat. Well, all of a sudden now the Israelites have turned their bickering from not having food into having the same thing again and again and again. So now they're not grateful anymore for what the Lord's done. They're griping because it's not something different. And so the Lord gets angry and he basically sends serpents to to bite them and and to poison them and to die and to killing them. And so they start crying out to Moses and they run to Moses and say, please pray to the Lord and ask for our for our forgiveness and and, and and for his mercy. And so what Moses does, he goes to God and God tells him, he says, make a seraph and then put it on a pole and raise it up. And anyone who looks at that will be healed. Anyone who looks at that will not die. They will be saved. So in that same day, last Tuesday, we see the Pharisees, you know, taunting and tormenting Jesus and, and following him around and questioning him and all those things. And they're refusing to believe him, they're understanding what he says. And he says to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, you will realize that I am. Now here we see the correlation of the two lifting ups, right? In the Old Testament it was a lifting up of this this sign, and Jesus is that sign, guys, that we're going to enter into this week. But here's the thing just like the Israelites, if we're not looking up, we're going to miss it. If we're not looking up, we're going to die. And you may say, well, man, that's a little, that's a little uh, heavy there, man. Like, What do you mean we're going to die? I mean, yes, you're going to die. If you don't look up and see what's being done for you and really allow it to work its way in its heart, into your heart, past that stone and allow it to become truth and allow it to become real in your life, then we're still going to be slaves to sin and death. This is why the Lord and the church lifts up this week so that we're called this attention to the great lengths of what God has, has done for us. Right, that, that God humbled himself, came down to this earth and took on flesh to die for you and for me. And my brothers and sisters, like I think sometimes we look, we live so so focused on things other than that. Right? We we don't we're we're looking down, if you will, at our work and the things that, that keep us busy like that. We're looking at our problems and our concerns and our anxieties. We're looking down at, at our to-do list that never end. We're looking down at ourselves and our mistakes instead of looking up. And the church is calling us into this posture this week of looking up at gazing up at what's going on around us. And, and chances are we may have already missed some of it because here it is Tuesday and we've already been past Palm Sunday. You know, Palm Sunday is an opportunity to look up and see our Lord in his humility, choosing to ride in on an ass into Jerusalem, choosing to start the process that will lead to his eventual death. As he sits on that on that donkey, he knows what's going to happen to him a few days later. He knows that all these people that are shouting Hosanna, and praise the Messiah, and joy, and all of these things, hail to the king, that in a few days they're going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And guys, if we're not looking up at that, we can miss the correlation of where we are in our own lives. Now, how many times do we proclaim Christ in our words but not in our lives and in our actions? How one minute we're saying, I love Jesus, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm a disciple of Jesus, but then the next minute we're off sinning and doing things we know that aren't right. We're doing the same things that we fall to all the time. We're refusing to go to confession and repent. We're refusing the mercy of God. And we're sinning, and every time we do, we're yelling crucify him as well. We can't forget if we look up, we forget, and we don't realize that we could be this person in the one moment of the person crying and cheering for Jesus, and the next minute yelling crucify him. This is why it's so important to look up in this week and to enter into this not as an outside observer, but someone who is there, standing there with every event of this week, entering into it, personalizing it. You know, when I'm on the road and I'm giving talks, I'm lamenting. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm begging people to start reading Scripture in a way to where it becomes real in your life, where you're not just reading as a third-party observer, but you're entering into what's going on and asking yourself, who am I in these scenes? And, and who am I today? And, and that's no different during Holy Week, and it's vastly more important that you do this, that we take the time to sit there and go, what, you know? I'm standing right here with my Lord through all of it. Because here's the thing, through your suffering, whether you realize it or not, He's standing there by you through all of it. And this week is an invitation not to just go and check boxes at a Catholic church, the local church, and, and to do the things you've always done, but to look past that, to take those blinders off, and to see with new eyes what Jesus has done for you and the willingness he has to do it. Right? He knew riding in on that, on that donkey that this was his last trip um, in there, hailed as someone that was loved. That he was going to be moving from that point on as someone that was hated and someone that was going to be called for and to be tortured and to kill and killed. So, if we're too busy looking down at everything else and just even still trying to just look at if I only got six days, only got seven days, only got four days, only got three days, you know, whatever it is to get through Lent and that can be back to my old way of life, then we're missing the point of why we've gone on this journey. And we're honestly spitting in the face of everything that the Lord has done for us this week. Holy Week is the church's invitation to look up, to gaze up at something that is vastly more important than anything else in our lives. that transcends everything else in our life. Jesus says in those readings, so we heard about Moses, and, and he's, he's talking about lift that up and you'll be healed, you, you'll be saved, you won't die. And those Israelites are, he, are healed. Jesus tells his Pharisees in that gospel reading that day, he says, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will realize that I am. Another thing he says in that reading is, I belong to what is above. That's John eight twenty three. And my brothers, this is the realization that we have to come to in our life. We don't belong to anything down here. We belong to what is above. And the only way that we're ever going to get to what's above is to enter into this week wholeheartedly, openly, standing there with our arm around our Lord as he's going through the things, so we can see firsthand. Because I got to tell you what, a lot of times, Holy Week can just fly by, and you're just waiting to get to Easter. You're trying to skip the the pain and the suffering and the and the and the torture of the cross to get to the resurrection because it's the uncomfortable part. How many times do we find ourselves as we're watching the Passion of the Cross or the Passion of uh, the Passion? Uh, You know, in in, in these movies about Christ or in Holy Week, and, and we're all happy and joyful when we're seeing him doing signs and wonders, but man, when he gets to the point where he's arrested and tortured and killed, we want to turn away, especially when you're watching the passion of the Christ, right, when you're seeing the flesh being ripped off of him, when you're hearing his screams of agony, when you see those splinters going, those thorns going through his head and poking through his skin and blood running down his face. We want to turn away from those things because they make us uncomfortable. But, my brothers, this is an invitation to op- to watch with open eyes, to weep with Christ, to let it make us feel disgusted inside what happened to Him because of us. Right? But we're going to miss all this if our head is just down and we're just trying to white knuckle to get through the rest of Lent. This is an invitation. This podcast, this show is an invitation to look up, away from the poisons. Just like those snakes poison the Israelites, the poisons of the world that are trying to kill us. And even though it's painful, there's suffering involved to look up at what's been done for us, to look up at Christ on that cross. But it begins even before that. Like I said, we had to look up on Palm Sunday and realize what our role to play in this is. How we can be the people that turn away from the Lord and are yelling, crucify him 10 minutes after we've been yelling, praise him when we fall to the sins and think that it doesn't matter. But every time we sin, it's like we're putting Jesus back on that cross. This needs to become real in our life so that we do everything in our power to amend our life and to keep ourselves from doing the same thing again and again. We need to look up on Holy Thursday at what the Lord is teaching us. As he's entering again into that passion and he comes to that Last Supper and he takes off his robes and he starts to wash the feet of those that he loves, here the master showing us that the master even serves, right? That we're to serve. How many times in the gospel has he said, you know, the first will be last and the last will be first. He's called us to humility. And here he is witnessing it again, once already on the donkey, now sitting there washing the, washing the feet of his disciples and calling us to do the same, to live this servant life, to get out of ourselves. And then he sits down to supper and he gives us, the most incredible gift that we've ever been given, the Eucharist. He institutes not only the priesthood that night, gives us another great gift in our life, men to serve the Lord and to be there to help us as our spiritual shepherds. But he institutes the Eucharist and he says, this is my body which will be broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Here is my blood which will be poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He's giving us the very gift of himself. But my brothers, again, if we're just sitting there on Holy Thursday going, well, I really only need to go to Easter, and we're skipping going to that Mass, then we're missing out on this journey the Lord wants us to go with him, not to watch as a casual observer, but to go with him, to enter into it with him, to be right there with him, just ingrained and enveloped in it, to be there at the table when you know what's coming, that he's going to be betrayed by one of his loved ones and what that's going to feel like for him. Because we get this messed up that maybe Jesus was just like, okay, get out of here, traitor. He loved Judas as much as he loved you and me or any other person that's ever lived. This hurts him. And if we're not looking up at the supper, supper we're missing this. And we're missing how he praised the priestly prayer. After dinner, before he heads to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's praying not only for for the disciples that are there, the apostles that are there, but for those people that will come after him. How our Lord on the worst night of his life is turned and praying for you 2,000 years in the future. How he's asking his Father to protect you and to keep you and to bring you to where he is going, into heaven with him. On the worst night of his life, the God of the universe made man who took on flesh, who knows everything he's going to have to go through, is not praying for anything other than for you and for those apostles. You're going to miss that he goes and he lays in the Garden of Gethsemane on the Rock of Agony and he sweats blood. That he's so afraid and he's so anxious and he's so worried over what's going to happen because he knows what it's going to feel like because he's fully God, that he's pouring himself out and he's so scared that his he's bleeding he's sweating blood but yet even in that fear he gets up and he goes to the cross for you he's you're going to miss the fact that he was sitting there alone how many times is our lord sitting alone in adoration in our churches But people are too busy to go in there and be with him how many times am i not there with him that's the real question i need to be asking myself But you're going to miss this. You're going to miss how he's arrested and shackled and taken into a prison cell and how he's mocked and slapped and beaten and spit upon. How he's convicted for doing nothing wrong. How people chose a murderer over him. And again, how we do that every time in our life when we choose the devil over the Lord when we choose to sin. You're going to miss the scourging you're going to miss standing there and seeing his flesh ripped off, right? He was bruised for our iniquities. By our stri- by his stripes we're healed. You're going to miss all of that. The fact that that should have been you and me taking those lashes. That should have been you and me having our skin ripped open because of the penalty of our sins and those that have gone before us. You're going to miss how even after that torture that I don't even when I stop to think about that, I don't even understand how someone could physically even get up and walk after all that he went through the, the thorns piercing his face and bleeding profusely from his head and the torture from all over his body. Not the cute little stuff we see on some crucifixes where it's a couple of cuts here and there, but his entire body says he looked like a worm. Like he was even unrecognizable. We're going to miss all that. And the, and the fact that, even through all that pain and torture, he still somehow found a way to get up and bury, to, to carry a huge, heavy, wooden cross through a town up to a hill to where he's going to be crucified and painfully tortured by nails driven through his hand and suffocation for hours. And you're going to miss how many times that he walked those stations of the cross if you don't go and engage in that on, whole, on Good Friday. You're going to miss the opportunity to to enter into those stations as he falls. You're going to miss the women that were wiping his face, his mother that was sitting there with him through it. You're going to miss how he got up again and again and again with that cross to walk ever closer to that torturous place for you, for me. You're going to miss how even our Lord needed someone to walk alongside him to pick up that cross and help him carry it. He's showing you that even in your burdens, you need help. You can't do it yourself. Even he couldn't do that part by himself. And he called someone to help him. And he wants to be that person in your life. You're going to miss that. If you have your head down and you're not looking up, gazing at what's going on this entire week and letting it transform you, letting Jesus' tears become your tears, suffering alongside him, I don't want to turn away this week from those things. I have turned away before watching The Passion of Christ and just said, I can't watch this. And I've cried and I've cried and I've cried. But I'm going to watch every bit of it this week and I'm not going to turn away and I'm going to let those tears be the tears that they should be because then I understand fully and truly what's been done for me. And then maybe it will become real in my life to where it stays with me every minute of my life, and I never once take for granted what our Lord has done for you and for me. And I invite each and every one of you to do that, to watch The Passion of the Christ, to watch your favorite Jesus you know movie or epic, and not turn away in those parts, and to enter into that and let your tears flow and let it become real. I challenge you to look up at 3 o'clock in that most holy of hours, and from noon to three, as he's up there on that cross, and the and the last words of Christ that he's uttering, I, I challenge you to look up at Mary, his mother, and to see the pain and the sword that's piercing her heart. I gaze you to look up as Jesus is hanging there, and there's only a few of his followers because the rest ran away. I invite you to gaze up as. Is Jesus is taking those labored breaths and struggling to speak. And even in that pain and in that struggle, he asked for your forgiveness. For for my father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Look up and don't miss the fact that he asked for your forgiveness and all of that. And then he asked his father, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he feels the weight of the sin the weight of the world, the weight of the sin that is yours and mine on him. And he gives up his soul in his very last breath. And I invite you to look up when that sword pierces his side and where blood and water flows out out of the birth of the church, the birth of mercy. I invite you to enter into a new relationship with his mother as before he was pierced, he he gave his mother to John, which is, always represents the church. John always represents the church, and he gives his mother to the church, to you. I need to have a better relationship with Mary. Maybe you do too. This is a an opportunity to gaze upon this and be invited into that relationship. And then I invite you to walk alongside as those who loved him and, 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 and gave him everything that they had that they could in their human brokenness weep and they mourn and they put him in this tomb and seal it up and how those men and women then go back to the upper room and they're sitting there and they're they're confused and they're worried and they're disgusted and they're hurt and they're 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 just utterly in shock at what's happened because they never really truly understood what the lord had to go through and they're wondering what's next and what is to come of us and what are we supposed to do and just be there with them in that worry and in that silence of God on that Holy Saturday. So many times as Catholics, we wonder, what are, okay, I know we're supposed to do stuff on Holy Thursday and we have these things to do on Good Friday, but what am I supposed to do on Saturday? You're supposed to rest in the stillness of God. Right? And we look to our mother again, our blessed mother and Mary at her receptivity. You know, Mary from the very beginning is your will, not mine. And we don't know that she knew every detail of the plan of how all this was going to go down. But I know this, that she was sitting in that room waiting because she knew God to be who he said he was. And she knew her son to be who who he said he was. And so she knew that there would be a resurrection. She didn't know when. She didn't know the time. She didn't know what was going to happen maybe. But all she knew was she sat there and waited on God patiently. How many times in our lives do we man God? I need this fixed now. What are you doing? Why aren't you helping me? What's the plan? Show me the next 15 steps. But again, as we look up in Holy Week and we, we stop staring down at the crap in our life and the stuff that's going on us and we look up and we enter into this, this amazing mystery, we see our Blessed Mother teaching us then to simply be patient and wait on God and know that He is good. And finally, we look up at that empty tomb. And we realize and rejoice that sin and death don't have the final word. Right? That you don't have to be a slave anymore to your the things in your life. That there's not suffering and torture and all these things aren't just for that. But there is a resurrected life. There is joy. There is an empty tomb that waits for all of us at the end of this. If we simply believe. If like those Israelites, we're willing to look up to look up and raise our gaze up to the lamb that has given his life for ours who has paid the debt that was ours as i said before it should have been you it should have been me but he chose to do it and now we're invited on easter sunday to rejoice that that tomb was empty that god had the last word and that now we get to to partake in that last say and that last word, that we now have a choice in our life and a pathway and a door has been opened for us to be with the one that we love the most forever in heaven, which is God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We're an Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. That is the joy of Easter, and my brothers and sisters if we are looking down and we're not paying attention and we don't take the time to look up this Holy Week, we're going to miss all of that. Please, I beg you, don't let anything else be more important to you this week than what Jesus is going to go through. Accept the invitation to walk alongside with him. Enter into all of it completely and fully let yourself be happy let yourself cry let yourself be disgusted let yourself be overjoyed let yourself ride that roller coaster of emotions all week long and stand there beside the lord who stands beside you and everything that you do that is good and bad and hard in your life this is what it means to be a disciple to follow after christ to pick up your cross If he had to suffer, we have to suffer too. If he was resurrected, then we will be resurrected too. And this is the invitation that we have this week. My brothers and sisters, I don't care if you have destroyed your Lent, if you fell off, if you haven't done well with it, if you're disgusted with yourself, get out of yourself, put all that down, and look up at what's being done for you. I'm going to do my best to do that this week, and I invite you to do that too, to let nothing else be as important to you this week Take care of your family. Take care of the things that have to be taken care of, but the rest of the time you give to the Lord. Go to the Chrism Mass. Go to the the Last Supper Mass. Go to the events of of Good Friday. Enter into the silence with Mary on Holy Saturday and rejoice with your brothers and sisters at the sight of the empty tomb. This is my invitation to you and to me and to Victor and to everybody else. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope it makes sense. I hope that you find some grace in it. But this is what I had written. I'll share it with you. Let Christ's passion become real to you. Let it move from your head to your heart. Journey through it with him, suffering alongside him. Let what's been done for you become real to you. Enter into that mercy and sacrifice like never before and let it change you forever. Let it roll away the stone in your life and come into a resurrected life alongside your Lord. My brothers and sisters, it's been a a joy and an honor of my life to journey through this Lent with you. Let's finish it strong. Let's look up. Fight the urge to gaze down, to look down at the things of this world and as the devil tugs you and pulls your head back down to things to keep your eyes off of that cross. Look up with everything you have. Gaze on our Lord and fall in love with him the way that he loves you. And let that what's been done for you become real in your life. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your willingness to love us the way that you do and your willingness to walk forward into the worst week of your life. Thank you for walking willingly into that torture and that pain that awaits you. Thank you for entering into that empty tomb. And thank you for resurrecting and bringing us the proof that we can be resurrected in you inviting us into a life full of joy, not only here in this life, but for the one and the next, into eternity with you. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us in that way and allow us to even get close to loving you back in any sort of way. I love you. We love you. and We thank you for this holy week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew.